everybody doing today? So good to see you. So good to be in the room with you in worship. How great was our team this morning leading us in worship? So good. And they did a better job leading in worship than their moonwalks. I saw the original moonwalk, very first time, Motown 25, Michael Jackson, and it looked nothing like this this morning. There's no hand motion. Anyway, you got to look it up online to see the real thing, but it is great to see you this morning. Uh, you know, had a little bit of time off here, but I know that you guys have been ministered to so well over the last four weeks. We had, you know, Pastor Sam come in and Pastor Morrow and Pastor Brandon, and my sister was here last week. Did you see that my sister is not taller than me? Did you notice that? It's really important for me that you notice that. But I know that they did a great job investing into the church, and they all, to all of them said that they just had a great job ministering to you and uh, just preaching here at the City Church. It is a privilege to preach here at the City Church, and I you know, just missing four weeks of worship here. I'm so thankful to be your pastor. I'm, I'm so thankful that we get to do church together, and we get to do life together, and we get to talk about Jesus, and we get to be a blessing in the city. You know, it's such a wonderful thing. And, and where we are in the world right now, if you're here in the room, thank God for it. But I want those of you that are watching online that are part of our church family, you need to be thinking about getting back in the room. Uh, it's, it's a big difference about being together with the family, gathering together, seeing each other, loving on each other, praying for each other. Uh, and we're not going to be ruled by fear. Keep coming back to this. You know, uh, if, we, if we just have a steady diet of the news and different opinions and different things, we're going to live by fear. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the power, love, the, you know, mind, the sound mind that God has given us all these things. So we need to have greater faith in God than we do faith in the words of the newscasters. You know, they, they may or may not have good motives by giving us the news that they're giving us. They might actually be posting things online just to, for clickbait so they can get more advertising money and different things. I'm not going down a rabbit hole right now. But we need to have faith in God, faith in the words of God. I'm not going to live. I don't want to live my life by fear, do you? No. And so we need to get out and live our lives. And like I said, you most likely have been shopping. Come to church. Now, I know our, our numbers are limited right now, but we're going to be moving to two services here in the next little while. We're going to be reopening City Kids. In the next little while, kids, you won't have to listen to me preach anymore. But I just love you for being in the room and hanging out with your parents. Uh, and you know, I, these kids, are just seeing them every week in church. I love it. It's so great. But City Kids is going to be open soon. Kids are excited. Parents are excited. We're going to be doing some baby dedications again. We've had so many babies being born the last 16, 17 months. You know, church is all about family. And the celebration of family is new life, new children, new babies. And so we're going to be celebrating with those families. We're going to be having water baptisms again. So if you are a follower of Jesus... And you have never been water baptized, going to public with your faith. you got to get ready to do that. We're making plans for that. So many great things coming up, but you need to get in the room. For those of you at home, you need to come back and get in the room with us so we can see each other. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. You know, the Church of Jesus is alive. You know, as I've been talking with so many pastors over the 
past year and a half or so, and I have so many pastor friends, you know, we're blessed to have a building, and we were able to regather at different times, and I had some friends that weren't able to gather for 16 months with their church, because they didn't own a church building, and all of these things, you know, the enemy is coming against the church, but the church of Jesus will not be silent. (laughs) Jesus is building the church. He has not stopped. It cannot be stopped. We get to be a part of all that God is doing in the city. And that's not of my message at all. It's free. It's extra today. Hey, we did a legacy series back in June. And you remember in conjunction with the legacy series, we received a legacy offering. And we had four different things that we're going to be doing with the legacy offering. And I just wanted to announce to you that you gave just shy of $45,000. In the legacy offering, and we have already started to give some of those resources out. We we blessed Pastor Morrow and his ministry. We talked about you know giving to ministries that are doing things around the world, and his is one of the ministries that we're going to be investing in. And like I said, when Pastor Sam was here, we're going to invest in the church. And so we're going to be investing in C3's building program there in the city. So some of that legacy offering is going to go towards that. And as we give it out and do different things with the legacy offering, I will announce that to you. But that's a benchmark for us. We're going to be doing this every year. So our benchmark, our our, our setting is about 45000 So next June, when we see the legacy offering again, we can go far and above. Hey, I have an idea for you. Why not start preparing now? Put a little bit of money aside every week until next June, and we have legacy offering. Next year, we can shine, go way beyond that forty thousand, so that we can be a blessing in our city, in our world, in our nation with our generosity. Can I get an amen? All right. Something else we're going to be doing today: we're going to be receiving communion together um, at the end of the service. And so, if you're watching us online, you're not too far from your kitchen. Go ahead and get some elements ready. Uh, so that we can receive communion together as a church family at the end. This might be a long service today. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But it's just so great to be in the room with you this morning. All right, we are talking about today the word that brings life as we are continuing our summer Sundays. The word that brings life. Now, how important are words in our life? How do words affect us? They can affect us in so many different ways, you know. Um, you know, growing up, I was a huge Blue Jays fan. And um, I, I worked downtown for a while, and I would, uh, sometimes before I would get on the go train, I would go and I would get like a single seat. And this was back in the day when, you know, the Sky Dome, original name, Roger Center, was maxed out every, every game, selling out every game. And sometimes you could get single seats really close uh, to the field, and so I would do this. I was about 19 years old, working downtown, and I was just so into the Blue Jays, and I would get their their book every year and go through the stats and all these different things. And I can remember one year hearing the Blue Jays music for the very first spring training game, and it gave me chills. That's how much of a Blue Jay fan I was back in the day. Now I kind of still like the Blue Jays, follow them, and it's more fun to follow them when they're a winner and they're getting there. It's going to be good in the future. Um, but when I heard the Blue Jays were coming home, it was like, this feels like a good thing. I was so excited. I don't necessarily have plans to go to Rogers Center anytime soon, but it just felt like a really good thing. And it's just amazing how small little words can affect our emotions in so many different ways. And this is sometimes things that we forget about words and words that we hear and words that we say, 
how important our words, because they can affect everything in our lives. They can affect our moods. Have you ever had words affect your moods? I was telling you there were words I heard that got me excited, but have you ever had words that made you depressed or sad or despair or cry? It's an amazing thing how powerful words are. Words can change the direction of our whole lives. Words that we hear, words that we think about. Words can change how we think about people. Have you ever had somebody explain to you about somebody before you met them, and so you had a preconceived notion about who they were and what they did and how they would act, and then you met them and you thought, they're nothing like that person said. And so we can have these preconceived notions about people, and we can uh, misrepresent people in our minds. The words have a very powerful effect on our lives. They can affect our excitement level. And really, you know, we need to be excited about life each and every day, regardless of COVID numbers or lockdowns or whatever. We need to be excited about life, that God has given us life. Amen. And he has a plan for our lives, and he, he's, he's speaking things to our lives every day. And so we can be excited about life, come what may. So we need to be aware of how words are affecting our lives, because we know that the word of God brings life. It affects how we perceive the world. It affects our relationships. Words affect our actions. Words affect and formulate our confidence to function in the world. Here's some really good words from the scripture. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Really short sentence. Very powerful and meaningful words. Specific to the world that we live in right now. Because at any given moment, somebody could want to condemn you based on anything, a thousand different things, to condemn you, cancel you. But in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation with our relationship in Christ. Now, those are better words to live by than some other words that we might hear. Our relationship in Christ, there's no condemnation there. The Word of God brings us encouragement, inspiration, and finally, the Word of God will help us not to yield to fear. Philippians chapter 1, as I was preparing uh, to speak the morning, this morning, I was just thinking about you and praying for you, and it uh, has been my practice the last little while. I try to, as I read through the Word, but then I also listen to the Scripture uh, through the Version app, which is a great option because I'm trying to, as I, you listen to the Scripture, you can hear the full tenor of a book, so I'd like to not just read a few verses, I actually like to listen to a whole book of the Bible. So I was uh, put on the book of Philippians, and just this first part of the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul's heart for the Philippian church really comes across, and it is my heart towards you this morning, so I'm just going to read this to you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 says this, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day 
of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so God has begun something in you and in your lives. And this is the, one of the, the joys of pastoring, that we get to see people make that initial decision to follow Jesus and then their life uh, following him and, and the formulation of God in their lives. But then we also get to know that people go through hard things. Sometimes there's difficulty in relationships, and there's difficulty in finances, and there's difficulty in our bodies. We face sickness and disease. We face struggles. But we know that God is completing something in you. And this is why we continue to preach the word of God. This is why we continue to remind ourselves of the goodness of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all the things that God has given to us by his grace. He is working out his salvation in each one of us. We are all at different places on the journey, and thank God that he can minister to each one of us along the way. And this is what church is all about. This is what about a, a faith family, a faith community is all about. We have my parents here who have been married 59 years in September, and pastored for that many years in their 80s, Follow Jesus their whole lives, very mature in Christ, and then we have people that are brand new to saying yes to Jesus. And everywhere in between, and that's what a family is all about. That's what a, the, the body of Christ is all about. Everybody's not at the same level, but God is maturing us all. Thank God for that. Verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. This is my desire for you, that your love would grow, that your love would grow for your families, first of all, that husbands and wives would learn to love each other really well, and that uh, parents would learn to love their kids really well, and kids would love to learn love their, and respect honor their parents really well. And then we as friends, can we can love each other because this is the demarcation point of Jesus that, hey, how are we going to know that these are Jesus followers? By their love for each other. So I pray that our love for each other abounds, and that's why I want us to be in the same room together. Not, not for the sake of numbers, not for the sake of, hey, we had this many in the building, man, so we can love each other. We can both say to each other, this has maybe been a hard season in our lives, but here we're still together. And let's run together in our lives. We can support each other and help each other and pray for each other. And then uh, we would have knowledge and depth of insight that we would grow in understanding who God is. This is the purpose of the Word of God, that we would have this revelation of God. By understanding who Jesus is, and we know who Jesus is, and then we know what God is like. And the more we understand God, the more we understand life. The more we understand the Word of God, He reveals to us about how we should live our lives. About how we should be in relationships. That God defines those terms, not us. And how we should be with our finances. And how we should be in each area of life. That we would grow in depth of insight. That we would understand God and we would understand about life. Verse 10, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That all of this comes through Jesus Christ. That is our mission statement here at the City Church, moving people closer to Jesus. So whether you're far from God, you've never had a relationship with God, you need to take that first step. You can take that first step today by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. And those of us that have done that, man, we can move closer and closer to Him every day, every week, every month, every year. And that all of this is found in Jesus. Jesus, the Word, made flesh. The title of this message, The Word That Brings Life. And this is what we see in the Scripture about Jesus, that He is the Word of God personified. That Paul is saying all of this is going to come through Jesus. All of what we read there, all of his intentions for the Philippian church, and this is all going to come through Jesus, a relationship with Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, which we did this morning, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly. And this is why, as a good pastor should do to remind you to spend time in the Word of God. That the message of Christ would dwell in us richly. Because there's a lot of other words to listen to. There's a lot of other words out there that are attempting to create a whole other worldview for you. A worldview without God. But here the scripture is telling us, hey, that we would let the message of Christ dwell in us richly. That we would sing, and, and we would pray, and we would talk about Jesus, and we would be grateful. All of this formulates something in our lives. All of those words help us to know who God is. And help us to know how to be in this world in a relationship with God. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 says this. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. See, some people, their biggest problem is right under their nose. It's their mouth. Words. See, the first person to hear the words that you say is you. Are we letting the words of Christ dwell in us richly? So that we can speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and we can, we can be built up and we can be encouraged. And we can look at life as it should be looked at. That we can understand life as God intended. Jesus came that we would have abundant life, not abundant religion, abundant life. And, and what we say 
But what we think about is so important. Because if all we do is say what we see on social media, if we say what we see on the, mo- on the news, that's the words that are dwelling in us richly. There should be something else that dwells in us richly. The message of Christ. The word of God personified. See, what we see in Jesus, we, again, we see the word of God lived out. So when we think about a specific teaching, that we can think about something famous in the scripture, like, you know, loving our enemies. People that would be perceived to be our enemies or have declared ourselves to be our enemies. But Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And that, that's a teaching. That's an abstraction of the word of God. But Jesus is the lived word. So when we go through the scripture, we can see Jesus live that out. Jesus loving his enemies. And so that would dwell in us richly. And that's why I want you to read the Word of God. Not, not to try to prove something. Not to say, oh, i got to get another chapter today to make God happy. No. You're not going to make God happy just because you read a chapter in the Bible. What you were wanting to do is have the message of Christ dwell in us richly. Change our thinking. has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What are the words that we are saying? Are we saying words that produce fear in us? Let's not do the enemy's job in our lives. Why would we um, cause ourselves to despair? Why would we cause ourselves to have no hope? Why would we cause ourselves to be fearful? That's what the enemy is trying to do. That would be a waste of the words that we say. But we want to have the words of Christ dwell in us richly. Ellen did a great job starting. uh, She didn't know that I was preaching on this today. But she started out just declaring to us the message of Christ. Now her Bible was a little bit bigger than my Bible. Now her Bible was almost the same size as her. doesn't matter the size of your Bible. And it doesn't matter that you have it in your house. And it doesn't necessarily matter that you have it memorized. As if we're taking it and having it dwell in us richly and having it change our thinking. Or are we just doing some religious exercise? That it would dwell in us richly so we would understand who God is. And that we would understand life as designed by him. Words, what we hear, what we think, what we say, how we operate in the world, those are all based on words. God wants the message of Christ to dwell in us richly and, and You know, if you're thinking about, well, where do I start? You know, I'm I'm not sure where to start. Start with the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all stories about Jesus. We can see the message of Christ in the Gospels. And then when we get to the letters to the church, the epistles that are called, these are 
Paul writing to churches about how to live out the, the message and the words of Christ. So we would have all of that dwelling in us. Richly. Now, the scripture, the word of God in the New Testament, there's a couple words that we see, uh, Greek words, uh, that are de- translated as the word word. The word is logos, where we get our word logic from. We would say that as the written word of God, the logos, that the word of God is contained for us in the scripture, the written word. Jesus, remember when he was resisting the enemy, he said, it is written. So he knew what was written so that he could use it in the time of need. The word of God dwelled in Jesus richly, obviously, the word of God personified. So this word logos, um, in simplest different meanings, it just means the standard meaning of a word, speech, or an act of speaking. But it also, the special meaning of it is a revelation of God to people, the word of God to us. And then finally, it means the unique meaning of it is the revelation of God in the person of Jesus. Jesus, the Word, made flesh. Logos, the logic. Our our faith is built on the logos, the logic of the Word of God. We see the Word of God and then we live our lives based on that. There's a lot of words a lot of philosophies that say a lot of words, but we don't build our lives on ungodly philosophies that spring from universities. And if you if you you need to do yourself a favor if, if you're a, a studier or if you look at history and you can look at some of the modern philosophies, they trace their origins to a very ungodly place. A lot of times we just think, oh, this is how everybody thinks. And it's 2021, and here's how we think. But maybe we really think a lot of bad ways in 2021. And I would say that that's true. That's something to discuss in your city group. But here we have the Logos, the Word of God. The intentions of God. Now, there's another word in the New Testament that is translated word, and it's the word rhema. So we have Logos the logic, the word of God. And when we think about this other word, rhema, it's a revelation about the reality of God. What God is saying to us in a moment that leads to a practice. And how I would describe it is like this. Have you ever had a friend that, you know, they were super excited about, they had read something that totally transformed them, and they were super excited about it, and you were like, yeah, Sounds great, but it's actually not the thing that you need in the moment. See, we have all of the words of God, all of the logos there for us, but the rhema is something that is expressed to us in the moment. It's something that we need in the moment. That God would speak something to us by his spirit from the word of God. Something that would hit us, something that would minister to us, something that would be expressed to us as a necessity in the moment. That is a rhema word, the the logos, the written word, but then the word we need in the moment is a rhema word. So we could be talking to our friend and they could find something that's totally transformed their lives. Maybe it's in the area of sickness and disease and they find something out about Jesus 
you know, healed people in the Gospels, and Jesus is a healer, and you're they're super excited, and you're like, I'm not sick. But whatever we need in the moment, God can speak a rhema word to us in the moment, and that's why I want you to spend time reading the word of God so that something will hit you. And that's what I, when we go to read the word of God again, I, you know, I said I listened to a full book, but don't don't make don't have that be an albatross around your neck. I think I can't even read a chapter. Like I said, do what this one pastor said: read until something hits you, something leaps off the page, and then think about that, and then pray about that, and say, how do I put that into practice in my life? How does that change how I'm thinking? How does that change what I'm doing? That is the rhema words to. God, the Spirit of God expressing something needed in the moment. Do you have any needs right now in your life? Come on now. Let's all put up our hands. We all have needs. And so what do we need? We need a word from God. Well, that's why I'm here, Pastor Brent, today, because I want you to prophesy over me. You don't actually need me to prophesy over you. We have a more sure word of prophecy in our hands, in our laps, on our phones. Well, I tell you what I got to do. I got to call 1-800-PROFIT. No, you do not. What you need to do is trust the Spirit of God to speak to you the thing that you need to hear. But you have to have the Word of God dwell in you richly. Get a Bible the size as Ellen's, and so you can't miss it. When you wake up in the morning, put it beside your bed and you trip on it. You're like, oh yeah, I need to. <laughs> the word of God is not a stumbling block. <laughs> Some of you will get that later. But we need to have the word of God dwell in us. So we're not doing some religious activity thinking, oh, I'm going to please God if I spend five minutes or ten. Or if I do what Pastor Brent says and I listen to a whole book. That's not the point. We want the Spirit of God to be speaking to us through the Word of God. We're going to take the Logos and we're going to get a Rhema. Jesus said, it is written. He brought the necessary Rhema out at the right time. That's why we need to have the Word of God to dwell in us richly. And that's why I say over and over again, almost all the time when I'm preaching, is we're not going to be afraid. Because everything over the last 16 months has told us that we need to be afraid all of the time. And we are not going to live that way. When I say we, I'm just talking about followers of Jesus. When the Spirit of God showed up, when angels showed up, when Jesus showed up in the Scripture, what did he say? Fear not. Well, what about this, Pastor Brendan? What about this, Pastor Brendan? What about this? Yeah, whatever. But I'm not going to be afraid. Knowledge is knowledge. But I'm not going to be afraid of it. We have to have more faith in God to preserve us than any sickness to kill us. 
well, what are the, what are the politicians going to say? And what are they going to let us do? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not afraid. I'm not going to be afraid of what they say. They are just people. They're just people. Thank God for medical experts. Thank God for the science of the day. Wonderful. But I'm not going to listen to all of it and be afraid. I'm going to let the word of God dwell in me richly so I can put my faith and trust in God. And all of this, the Logos and the Rhema, it all comes in the context of a relationship with God. See, this is the thing. This is the problem Jesus had with the Pharisees. They had the Logos, they had the written word, they had it memorized, and then they were just angry. They were just angry at everybody, and they were just judging everybody, and there there was no joy in the communication of the Logos. That they missed the point of the Logos, that the Logos would become the rhema so that we could know God. Listen to this in John chapter 5. And the Father who sent me, Jesus, is talking here to the Pharisees. He has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form. Listen. Nor does his word dwell in you. This is what he's saying to the people who have the word of God memorized. He said, the word doesn't dwell in you. In other words, they missed the meaning. They missed the meaning. See, there there is a whole worldview being presented to us in the greater culture. And what I mean by worldview, I mean everything, all-encompassing. But how you need to think and how you should be in relationships and what marriage looks like and what raising children looks like and what you should do with your money and who you should affirm and what you should say and and here's all of this stuff. It's a whole worldview being presented to us. But here the Pharisees had the worldview of God memorized. And Jesus said to them, the word doesn't even dwell in you. That's where I'm saying we can have it memorized and miss out on what God is saying to us. That's why it's in the context of relationship. See, our our loved ones, we want to spend time talking to them, hearing what they're saying. What are your thoughts about this? Shouldn't we do that with God? God, what are your thoughts about life? What are your thoughts about marriage? What do you think about this, God? We should want to hear what God says. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, nor does the word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent, talking about Jesus. The word of God personified. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, Jesus said. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. What you need for your life is found in your relationship with Jesus. Going to the Logos and asking for a rhema. 
so that the Word of God can dwell in us richly. So that my worldview gets formed by God and not the contemporary culture that's just changing all the time anyway. It's changing all the time anyway. What's good this year, 10 years from now, will be passe, and they'll be canceling us 10 years retroactive. But the Word of God is eternal. The Word of God is how life should be lived in relationship with Jesus. They had it memorized, and Jesus said, but you're refusing to come to me. See, that's where, that's where the life is as a follower of Jesus. It's found in relationship. It's not found in rigidity. It's not found in the dogma, the empty repetition of things. Jesus said, the word is speaking about me. So that's why when we go to the word, we would say, you know, thank you, God, by your spirit, you're revealing to me what I need to know. Because I'm in I'm in a relationship. I'm not doing religion. I'm not doing stuff to make myself acceptable to God. Jesus has done something for me. John chapter 7. You know, I tried to not make this long today, but, you know, I'm just excited to be here with you. <laughs> Luis, come on up and give us some beautiful keys. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Someone's like, look. What kind of church are you, Pastor Ron? What kind of church is the city church? Is it a Jesus church or is it a Holy Spirit church? Yes. The Word and the Spirit agree. I'll, I'll fight about other stuff. Not that. I have time for nonsense conversations. The Word and the Spirit agree. Who is the Word? Jesus Jesus said, come unto me, anybody is thirsty. In other words, what do we need to, what, what are you needing right now in this season of your life? Let me tell you something, God is more than enough. just not going to find it in modern philosophies. Listen, I've been studying them lately. They are bankrupt. Bankrupt. Evil solutions is what I call them. See, but Jesus came to give us life. God, I know that you could speak to Pastor Coulter, who's been alive for over 80 years in the ministry for 50 million years, but you can also speak to me. I'm coming to you like you told me to come because I'm thirsty for what you would have for me. I need what you have for me, God. I need what you have for me. 
because you created me and you saved me. You sent Jesus to die for me. You love me so much that you didn't leave me alone. You love me so much that you didn't give up on me. You love me so much that you are always with me. Even when I make a mistake, even when I do something wrong, you are calling me home. You are calling me back to a relationship. You are too far gone. You are too far gone. You haven't messed up your life so bad that God cannot help you, that God cannot save you. We sang about it. He makes a way. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said. So our relationship with Jesus is not separate from the scripture. But it's not just the rigid logos, it is the rhema that hits me and changes me and corrects me and challenges me and inspires me and helps me to love my family. It helps me to be generous. It helps me to be forgiving. All of which the world needs. Let's let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Do we honor the word of God? Do we make time for what he would say to us? For what he would rhema to us? He heals, he loves, he gives mercy, he forgives. I had this thought as I was preparing this message, and I really believe it's for somebody. Do you know that God is a good God? That the doctrine of forgiveness teaches us that God is not taking revenge on us for the bad stuff that we do. I'm not saying you should do bad stuff. Well, see, what happens for people a lot of times is that something get, they fall into trouble, and they think God is taking revenge on them. God is getting them back because of a mistake they made. But what I'm saying is forgiveness tells us that that is not true. Forgiveness tells us that God offers us mercy for our mistakes, not revenge. The scripture tells us that when we, when we sin and we mess up and we make mistakes, we know, and this is a thing in life, there's consequences for the mistakes we made. But that's not God taking revenge on us. God is offering us a hand of grace. God is offering us a hand of mercy. God is offering to us a hand of a second chance. Come on, let's go again. I'm not giving up on you. Don't you give up on life. It is not over. It's not too far gone. God is reaching out to us with grace and with mercy and with love. And this is what communion reminds us of. So let's receive communion together today as a church family. It's been a while that we've been in the room doing this together. You at home, get your elements ready. These elements remind us of the love of God. For those of you that are out of practice in the room, we got two pieces, the top cellophane piece that holds the wafer. Let's pull that out. 
it's, if you're on the front row, it's there by your the leg of your seat. See, we're so out of practice, I forget to give instructions. We've been doing this at home forever. Psalm 103, verse 1. Praise the Lord, all oh my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, all oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We've made mistakes and there's consequences. God offers us forgiveness today. God reaches out a hand to us if we feel like we're in a pit. And he's not reaching out his hand to push us back down in. He's reaching out his hand to pull us out. Jesus took the bread at the Last Supper and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Scripture tells us in Isaiah 53 that Jesus took stripes on his back, and by his stripes, the Scripture says, we are healed. The stripes just means his broken flesh to us represents healing, that he was our substitute. And so we can reach out to the healer today for healing, for our physical bodies, for a broken heart. Scripture says that he binds up the brokenhearted. So let's just pray today. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he took stripes on his back so we could receive your healing power today, Lord, and we do that right now. We just open ourselves up to you. We just open ourselves up to your spirit. We thank you that Jesus is famous for healing. So we thank you, Lord, for your healing power working in us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. That your power is greater than any sickness and disease that we can face. And this bread reminds us of that today. We remember you today, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's eat together.
don't have your anger. We don't have your vengeance. We have your forgiveness. That you're leading us forward. That you're calling us out of our sin. That you're calling us out of our mistakes. That you're pulling us out of the pit. We thank you for your forgiveness today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Hey, if you are in the room today, you've never said yes to Jesus, or if you're watching us online, you've never taken a first step to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's super easy. And again, it's just a first step. A follower of Jesus is a lifetime decision, but it has to start in a moment. The gospel, the good news is all about Jesus. We talked about today that he came and he lived a sinless life died on the cross, God raised him from the dead, and because of all of that, we can actually have a relationship with God. He offers it to us, comes as a gift. We don't earn it, we can't earn it. So I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. If you have never said yes to Jesus, you can do that for the very first time. If you are watching us at home, you can pray along with us as well. So let's all bow our head and close our eyes. God, we thank you for Jesus. Let's say this out loud. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. And you raised him from the dead. So I can have a relationship with you. So I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your grace. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my Father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I turn my ways to your ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if that is you today and you are in the room, some of our team there at the info desk in the lobby has some materials that they would love to put into your hand that will help you on your journey of faith. If you said yes to Jesus and you're watching us online, there's a place online there for you to click request prayer. If you click that button, somebody on our team will get you the same materials that we have here in the building that will help you on your journey of faith. Thank you so much for coming to church today, reminding you about Wednesday, first Wednesday this week. It starts at 8 p.m. We're going to have an outdoor movie night over here on the grass. Bring a lawn chair. There's going to be snacks and different things for you to hang out with your family and friends. And I think that's all I have for the announcements today. I love you guys so much. It's so great to see you again. Hey, we got a great future ahead of us. Amen. Thanks for coming to church today. You are dismissed.